안녕하세요. Good morning, good morning, my dear brothers and sisters, clergy and members of for peace. 안녕하십니까? Oh, I need to wear beautiful necktie. This necktie is symbolizing 50 states tour. My brothers and sisters, so let's pray for 50 states tour. Let's create beautiful about the use of foundation. And then, you know, two days ago, we had a lunch meeting with the Spanish ethnic group leaders, Ricardo, Monica, Adiel, Aria, Yolanda, and Carla. We discussed many things. I think uh, they are really inspired to create more clear plan and how to go forward. So everybody really strong uh, determined, determination to really witness three spiritual children first. I really emphasize again and again. So our movement without exception, everybody need to have a strong determination to really witness three spiritual children. At least 120 people break through these three spiritual children. I am telling you that our movement have great turning point from now on. So everybody put your effort and jongsong and devotion really let you break through our three spiritual children first. Uh, uh, today, uh, I'd like to uh, talk about the Chonilgu uh, constitution and the five uh, branches of the Chonilgu uh, administration from True Mother's uh, Anthology to one. So I'd like to uh, invite Heavenly Honey again, please. The Chanogok Constitution and the five branches of the Chanogok administration. The unification movement's history begins from the spring. Spring is a beautiful season that throbs with life and a time when dreams can be cultivated. That is why True Father loved spring. You are truly happy people. A farmer cultivates his land with all his heart and plants seeds in the spring in order to bring in the harvest later in the year. This also applies to you. You have a treasure that no one else on earth possesses. You have very important seeds, which I have given to you. They are the three holy scriptures and the Chanogok constitution. You must take them and plant the seeds in the spring. You should become true owners and educate the world. We are the only ones who know the truth. Politicians in this nation and all those in leadership positions should learn. This is the only way for the nation and the world to live. However, if you fail to yield results and have nothing to return to heaven, you will have no place to stand. Please do not forget how urgent this time is and how grateful you should be. It has been four years since the start of Chanogok. What have I shown you during this time? I compiled the three volumes of the Holy Scriptures as educational material that will guide you and enable you to say, I have lived in unity with true parents throughout your lives. I created the Chanogok Constitution 
as the model nation for the whole world, there are many areas in which we must equip ourselves. This is why I established the Supreme Council and set the five branches of the Chanogok administration, Chanjangwan, Chanwiwan, Chanbabwan, Chanjaywan, and Changongwan. It is now time to combine all areas, including our existing organizations and projects, and align them under one system that advances centered on true parents. Thank you, Heavenly Honey. Tomorrow organized five branches. The first is the Chanjong one. This includes Chanjong one. This branch deals with the administration and media of Chan Ilgu. Second is the Chanwei one. This has the functions of legislative bodies and members of the parliament. Third is the Chanbo one. This plays, uh, plays the role of the uh, judiciary. Fifth is the Chanje one. This refers to economic and business sectors. And fifth is the Chengong one. This is an institution that educates the people of uh, uh, people of the channel group. Uh, channel group. Yes, I think uh, something here. Uh, I made a, made a mistake about that. Uh, this is actually last one is a Chanbo one. This is the institution that educate the people of the Chanil group. Okay, uh, living in divine principle. And today I'd like to talk about the principles of creation 25 based upon the perfection of the individual is the completion of mind and body unity. So let's go back to uh, the content of the EDP first. God's first blessing, individual perfection. The key to God's first blessing is the perfection of individual character. An individual's mind and body are discrete projections and object partners of God's dual characteristics. In order for an individual to perfect his character, he must form a four-position foundation within himself, whereby his mind and body become one through give-and-take action with God as their center. Such individuals become the temples of God, achieve complete oneness with him, and acquire a divine nature. They experience the heart of God as if it were their own. Hence, they understand his will and live fully attuned to it. When a person abides in the state of individual perfection, he lives as the substantial object partner to his mind. Because the center of his mind is God, he also lives as the substantial object partner to God. Both the mind and God feel joy as they experience their internal nature and external form through the stimulation which their object partners give them. Accordingly, when a person realizes God's first blessing, he becomes God's good object partner to inspire him with joy. Sharing all the feelings of God as his own, he would never commit any sinful acts that would cause God grief. This means he would never fall. Thank you, Heavenly Honey. 
So let's just study about Father's word regarding, you know, first the blessing. So let's just study. Complete unity. Then when can my mind and body become one? This is the problem. It cannot be done with money, power, knowledge, or by thought. It can never be done. Then what can make it one? God's love can make it one. That is the conclusion that can be reached. If it is the love of the omnipotent and omniscient God, it should have the power to do that. Then this would be to conform with this theory. A complete unity can be done through God's complete love. Thank you, Heavenly Honey. True Father said, you know, then when can my mind and body become one? It cannot be done with money, power, knowledge, or by thought. The way the body and mind become one can be united through God's love. Perfect unity can be achieved by the God's love. Then the task is how to receive God's love. It is the way to love God. Hyojong is a shortcut to receive God's love. Only through Hyojong can you experience God's love. In other words, I can unite my mind and body through Hyojong of loving God. What is the motivation and purpose for the body and mind to become one? What is the ultimate purpose of our devotion? It is to receive God's love. Therefore, the way for body and mind to be unified is how much I love God. As much as I love God, my body and mind are becoming more, more and more unified, centering on my filial heart. That's why Bible is saying that you should love God first. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to 39, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like, like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. My brother says this. This looks like a very simple content, but very, very important. How to really make you know, a unity between mind and body? How do we make complete unity? Yesterday already I'm talking to you something that Father said. Only one way you know, can complete unity by love. By love. Without receiving God's love, it is impossible to unite mind and body. Without God, and you go to the mountain and then find out the, some very uh, peaceful place and then meditate day and night. Unity between mind and body, unity between mind and body, unity between mind and body. And then you are doing fasting, all kind of the chongsong. I am telling you, it is impossible to make unity between mind and body. Why? Why is it? Because without experiencing God's love, without receiving God's love, 
Without God, it is impossible to make unity between mind and body. That's why other religions, they are really trying to meditate how to make the unity between mind and body. Why there's a really limitation to make the unity between mind and body? What is the reason? Because the center is not God. Center is not God's love. No matter how much we try to make unity between mind and body, not centered on God, not centered on God's love, it is impossible. That's why Bible is saying that. Even Jesus is talking about what is the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You put God as a top priority, loving God and much. As much as you love God, your body and mind are becoming more and more unified. This is a really top secret how to unify my mind, my mind and body. Ah, that is a really incredible, really, you know, guiding to us. Next content. The habit of training one's body. A certain period of time is needed to allow the mind to feel God's love and enable the body to be touched by that. Thus, you must assimilate this over the course of many years. Then it will become a habit and the body would be led because it likes it. You have to understand that this intermediate period of training is needed. This is the mission of religion. It is to build habits. I am saying that we should create habits of being touched by love. Yes. You know, to feel love of God, you have to train yourself. The first training is practicing the habit of the reading God's word, reading through parents' word. You need to get stimulation by God's word through parents' word. Need to have a habit. Understand? Habit of the fundoke, habit of the reading God's word. Then the second training is become a habit of prayer and devotion and jangsang. All the time. This is a very important content, my brothers and sisters. What's the first one? What kind of habit you need, you need to have? First the habit is what? You need to read God's word. You need to listen to God's word very often. And always inspire you know, your mind all the time. The second training is what? You need to have a prayer and jangsang, and then you have a direct communication with God. You need to have the artistic communication with God through prayer and devotion. Prayer is a listening God's voice. Prayer is like a communication channel with God. I'd like to add one more point here. Training. One of the most important, or one of the also important training is what? What do you think, my brothers and sisters? That is training, living for the sake of others. Truly, truly practice. As much as I love God, I need to practice and really become happy to live for the sake of others. 
need to focus on the salvation. Truly love people, truly living for the sake of others. If we have that kind of three kind of the habit, first one, what is that? You know, reading God's word and become habit. Second is what? Always a prayer and journalism. Number third is what? You need to have a habit to live for the sake of others. How can I touch someone's heart? How can I move someone's heart? And then that person cannot forget me and cry and cry and cry. I never forget you. I do not know who is God, but through you, I can feel who is God, who are true parents. That much we need to really touching someone's heart. You know, as a wife, you need to touch husband's heart. As a husband, you need to touch your wife's heart. As a children, you need to touch a parent's heart. As a parent, all the time, move your children's heart, even loving our enemy. So we can say that is the habit of the living for the sake of others. This is, a, this is my conclusion, how to unite mind and body through 320 volumes of book. I research and research. These are the three main things, conclusion, my brothers and sisters. Next content. Two ways to bring the body to submission. Since the mind and body were divided due to the fall, it must be brought to a recycling warehouse and fixed. There is one way which is striking the body. Another way is in injecting strong power into the mind because the mind and body are at similar levels when they fight. That is why I am saying that you should pray and offer Jensen. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Yes, Father also repeating the same things. If you love God, God's love is bound to come to me. Give and take action. Give and receiving action. This is a universal principle. If you love God, definitely, absolutely, certainly, God's love is bound to come to me. Just as God has one-sided love for me from now on, need to be opposite way. I love God with a heart of one-sided love for God in any environment, whether it rains and snows and all the wind blows, any kind of a trial, any kind of persecution, does not matter. I need to have that kind of the really unchanging love. Even though, you know, God giving me many kind of trial, it does not matter. Like a one-sided love for God. Only when I experience God's love can surrender my body, knowing how great God's love is. There's nothing that cannot overcome. Father, I really learned one of the top secrets. He said that, you know, to console God, in order to really, you know, comfort God's sorrowful heart. Also, you know, to understand how much God has a sorrowful heart. He said that before that one thing you need to know that, how much God's love is great. 
if you know God's love is really great, and then automatically you can understand since Adam and Eve fell, how much God's heart was so much sorrowful. Hmm? We need to understand this point, my brothers and sisters. Next content. Um, if you offer Jansan, a powerful and vertical force comes down from heaven. In this way, you should make this a habit while guiding your body for about three years. Otherwise, you will end up creating another environmental condition that may lead to suffering. A religious lifestyle is needed for this purpose. Do you understand? There is no other way to be liberated than the two ways found in religion. That is why those who do not know religion will go to hell. Yes, my brother says, so Father, you're talking about here, you know, you shouldn't make this a habit while guiding your body for about three years. Number three is the number of the settlement. Okay, settlement. That's why uh, after you joining church, you really need to be careful for three years. Many temptations will come. However, you overcome three years and then your life of your life of faith become stable and settle down. Number three is like that. Anything you, you decide to do constantly, then at least in the beginning you try three months. You overcome three months, and then you need to challenge to overcome 12 months, 21 months, and finally, you know, three years. So anything you do constantly, at least for three years, and then this one become very, very good habit. No one can change about it. That's why Father saying that in order to in order to subjugate your body, you need to have that kind of training and then become habit at least for three years. Then after that, no need to worry. My brothers and sisters, the purpose of our prayers and devotion is to experience God's love. Today's youth ministry, revival of the of autonomy and Xinjiang. So let's study. Revival of autonomy and Xinjiang. The life of faith can always be seen as a serious life. This is because it is the path to be taken while always being devout, always thinking, and always as above. Then you do not have to worry about how long you are going to live such a serious life. Even if I'm serious, I never get tired of what I do because there is a artistic content behind it and it brings a plus. You cannot go the wrong way. However, this is only possible if you do it voluntarily, not by force. That is why the voluntary mind, that is autonomy, is important. It has to come from the heart, not because somebody made you do it. That is why I have to be grateful and take responsibility for giving me this kind of work to help me grow. Yes. How can my life of faith be autonomous and voluntary? How can I always be happy and grateful while working? I am telling you to work sincerely. 
putting, putting, putting all your heart into it. Do not think you are doing it because somebody made you do it. Think of your work that you do as God's order. It is to think of my work, God's work. This is God's will, this is God's work, God asked me to do. This is God's order. If you think that the work I do is God's order, you will have a grateful heart automatically. The voluntary heart will emerge. Therefore, whatever the work, do not think that it is you who is doing it. Think that this is God's work and I am doing it on his behalf. We need to have this kind of concept and this kind of attitude, my brothers and sisters, you know, to bring out my voluntary heart. It is an important point, my brothers and sisters. Next content. Even when an insignificant person comes to me, I must think that God has sent him to me. When someone comes to visit me, I shouldn't think that something unexpected happened and my time is wasted. You shouldn't think that you are offended when a beggar comes to visit you in the morning. If I do not think that what comes to me is a God-given task, I lose autonomy in my heart. If I do not think that what I'm doing is God-given, I'm just working in a position where it's inevitable as a responsibility. Yes. In order for my mind to be voluntary and autonomous, I must not make a mistake in dealing with the smallest of things. And even if a poor person comes to visit me, you know, some even beggar visit me, I have to serve them well, thinking that God has sent, God has sent them, not disregarding them. When dealing with people, I should not treat them with a sense of duty or preconceptions. When I deal with people, I treat, I treat them according to their status or position. My mind that comes from my shimjong is removed. That's why I do not relate with people centering on position, centering on power, centering on status, you know. Don't do that. Anyone come, do not think that, oh, just waste time, this guy, why stop by here? You need to think that, oh, God sent him to me. Do not think this is really wasting time. So even small things, if we, our heart is really dealing with, really beautifully, artistically, then I don't have uh, no need to waste any time. Next content. For example, when a student is taking a test, they should not think that they have no choice but to take a test just because it is exam period. When one is unhappy or displeased with taking a test, that person has already neglected their responsibility. That is a sign of insincerity. Those who do the work assigned to them reluctantly with a sense of duty are incompetent. No power comes out. There is nothing to gain. 
Even if you stay up all night to take the exam and score well, there is no gain for your spirituality. So when you take the test, you have to take it with a grateful heart. After taking the test, if you say that it was a weight off your shoulders or that you feel refreshed, then you are someone who had a poor score in responsibility. Yes. If you think that if I cannot do something reluctantly, voluntarily, a certain task, you are dominated by the task and you are you know, dragged by it. So you become a servant of that task. It cannot produce any joy at all. When I do my work happily, I become the master of it. The nature of the servants is not always voluntarily glad when doing work. Since they think that this, uh, it, is, uh, it is an order from above, my heart does not follow it. If I do anything reluctantly, I will never be able to fulfill my responsibility for it. When I do something because I have no choice or when I do it out of a sense of duty, I become increasingly you know, in, uh, capacitated. I have no gain at all in my own spirit. It just becomes a waste of time. Even if I do something reluctantly and eventually get it done, the result has nothing to do with my spirit or my heart. Therefore, I become an insincere person, my brothers and sisters. Next content. Those who feel grateful when they suffer are the ones who find the price of suffering right away. This is how you pay indemnity. Indemnity can give you strength in the spirit when you give thanks for the work you do. After some event or incident is finished, and you have the mindset that now that it's all over, you feel refreshed or it's finally passed, you cannot develop. A person who is good at taking responsibility is always hopeful. A hardworking farmer becomes intoxicated in his work. Then the busy time easily passed by. A person who is good at taking responsibilities looks forward and prepares diligently. A person who is good at taking responsibility always looks forward. A person who is not good at taking responsibility constantly thinks about the past and says they don't even want to think about the past. Yeah. When I suffer and think of it as a suffering, I become a person who wastes time. But when I suffer, if I have something to be grateful about and find value in, in me, my spirit gains strength. I must always carry out my responsibilities voluntarily and joyfully, regardless of whether the circumstances are good or bad. People who do this well have a very hopeful future, always moving forward, my brothers and sisters. Today, we really learn great things from our true parents' guidance, how to, how to complete unity. 
you need to really receive God's love. Without receiving God's love, we cannot make the unity between mind and body. When we think about the mind and body unity and then doing fasting, this and that, you know, but without connecting God, without God's love, it is impossible. And also today, uh, also the youth ministry, we also learn many, many things. I hope I think can help your life of faith. Thank you very much.